All right, hello. Welcome to Never Dig Down, the uh, podcast where we talk about Minecraft and related activities. Uh, I'm joined, I'm Chris Enns. I'm joined again by Tim Murtaugh. Hey, Tim. Hello. How are you today? I'm pretty good. That is good. That is good. Uh, we've we've been three weeks, two weeks, three weeks since we last chatted. So yeah, uh, we had a little holiday last week. Yeah, so we um, we're back to episode eight, no episode nine, sorry, which you can find online at goodstuff.fm/slash never dig down slash nine, and uh, of course our Twitter account never dig down underscore fm is where you can find us if you'd like to follow us. Um, so have you played in three weeks? Surely. I mean, I'm, I'm usually the guilty party here, but surely you've played some Minecraft since last we spoke. I, I have. Have you? Are you implying that you have not? No, actually, this time I, I get to the <sighs> the break was long enough, and I actually have. So excellent. I, <laughs> what did you guys get up to? Well, we uh, actually well, mo- mostly vicariously, I guess. But we did play one on Saturday last week, uh, last weekend, I guess. A couple hours of, uh, or an hour, I guess, of my with my boys. We have. The, the four-year-old is getting into it, so he we have three controllers now, so he's able to get in there and mess around, and then uh, my seven-year-old has messed around a lot and likes to play, obviously, a lot, as I mentioned before, but uh, we did the, um, just played around in creative mode on the Xbox for, for the whole time this time, and uh, it was fun just to, <clears throat> excuse me, to let, let him kind of experiment with uh, the various things that we don't actually ever get to play with a bit, and so... Um, like we answered uh, a question last time for Nick and listener Nick has another question this episode coming up, but about golems and their use and stuff, he got to just sort of, not that you need to do this in creative mode. It's not that hard to build a golem, actually a stone golem, but, or iron mm-hmm. golem. Yep. But, uh, here's, they're, they're iron golems and snow golems. Yeah. The iron golem, which is the, you just need blocks of iron. Obviously so you need to find some iron, but, um, he was playing around building that with the pumpkin on the top and getting golems and then spawning in um zombies and watching them getting kicked into the ocean <laughs> by the, the golem which was right i think just fun and like one of those things where you probably I, I hadn't thought of actually playing with a golem or going out of my way to get a golem golem how do you say it? yeah golem i i say golem golem okay yeah. um to get one but uh just seeing that sort of activity of i mean obviously he could just spawn as many as he wanted but he still had to make them and then um he uh yeah just seeing them yeah, zombies out. <laughs> Go- golems are the iron golems are really funny because they walk with this nice swagger. Yeah, uh, and then when they get near a, a hostile mob, they'll just throw their their arms up in the air as their attack. Um, yeah. And and if you accidentally hit one of them, they will take you down very quickly. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I mean, obviously in creative yeah. mode, it doesn't matter, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I though I don't know if I mentioned it before, but the the one time that I really bother to spawn in or to to craft. Iron golems is when I'm about to fight a wither. Um, my strategy for the wither is to just dig down and then dig a cavern to fight him in. And before I create the wither, I will I will create a whole bunch of iron golems, which will naturally fight any hostile. Oh uh, yeah, so they hostile, hostile mob. Yeah. That's what I we forgot. I forgot to get him get him to experiment with just other you know, like will they attack a creeper as well or spiders mm-hmm. and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The tough part is is uh, getting them in a room and then. Uh, and then spot and then manufacturing the wither in a timely fashion so that the iron golems don't like get distracted and wander off and wander out of the wander out of their attack range. Right. Cause that's what we were wondering. Like, cause I, I left it for a while and came back and he was doing this and, um, the, do they, 
are you able to contain them with like a fence or something or how would you like keep golems hanging around yeah the iron golems they're they're easy to to you know you can fence them in just like any other uh, friendly mob oh okay right yeah yeah that's makes for a fun little defense mechanism around your house or whatever if you're yeah building yeah totally and it's nice to have company yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) for the (laughs) no i was gonna make a joke about only child or something but that's not not nice i shouldn't say um the (laughs) the uh and yeah so and then he had cousins over this this weekend or on sunday or monday i can't remember and uh just playing they were all in creative mode and of course then they they had the we have three (laughs) this is the age-old problem three controllers four kids Mm. and then the debate of also playing in creative mode one the oldest wanted to like do each make castles in creative mode and then flip over to um survival mode and fight and Mm. so they Mm. did that but then of course there's a few tears in real world fights over somebody getting killed because obviously that's the name of what they were doing but not everybody understood do the consoles have adventure mode uh no i don't think so at least uh, i'm trying to remember now i think it was just flipping between survival and creative okay because what's adventure mode again well, adventure mode is a way of setting up a map and saying this part of the map is destructible and this part of the map is not destructible. Oh, right. Um, it's it's a it's a way that a lot of the developers set up maps, um, set up like um, you know mystery maps and and basically like platforming maps and you know so you can build a temple and you know if it was just in standard survival mode you could just dig your way through the temple and find the end, but you can set up an adventure map such that you can say, okay, I've built the, the temple out of sandstone. The player cannot destroy sandstone. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, it would be, that would be a neat way to play. And, and we'll probably progress to that on the computer eventually here. Once they, yep. the, his, his, we've talked about his one cousin in Australia, which, uh, he plays with, but the, the local cousins as it were are <laughs> primarily on the Xbox and stuff and don't have the, the computer to play on. So, um, but then they haven't, that's the thing with whatever, that's a, a sub debate, but you know, Microsoft's charging for online payment or online matchmaking with their Xbox Live thing means you have to convince someone to buy Minecraft, which isn't too hard to convince, but then you also have to convince said kid's parents to pay the, whatever it is, 30 or 40 bucks a year for Xbox Live so that they can play right. on top of buying yeah. the console and everything else. So um, not that it's that high of price obviously but just does the does play does the playstation um online platform have an annual fee i don't think they do someone can correct us if we're wrong I, my hunch is that they didn't or my is feeling. it playstation live is that what it is no i think it's playstation ooh, network psn yeah that sounds right All right PSN yeah costs yeah, yeah, yeah it's been so long since i've actually like i haven't had a playstation since two. Oh yeah <laughs> And I actually just barely even used it because I happened to get a Wii around the same time, and the Wii was just so much more fun. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I know. We were, I was always the Xbox, and going back like Xbox, and then before that was Sega Genesis or something. I think. Anyways, I had the Nintendo original Nintendo Entertainment System, but then from then on, I skipped. I went the other way and didn't go Nintendo. I always went because mm. I wanted the more ex- extreme hardcore gaming. Is how I right, exactly. figured it was or whatever. But, yep. but yeah, now there's a whole arc archive of uh, old library of old nintendo games that i missed out on due to my um ignorance or <laughs> perceived right. unfunness or something i don't know what i was thinking playstation plus there you go playstation yeah. plus is you can buy it you can prepay for 12 months for 50 dollars. oh okay so they do charge similar uh, 
I mean, I mean was, it makes sense because that infrastructure is just not cheap, and there's no way. No, there's no way they could like they're selling those consoles basically at a loss. So, um, yeah. they've got to make their money back somehow. Yeah, there's no way my, uh, Xbox Live I don't think would have sustained itself based on you know gaming fees or whatever from developers and stuff. Yeah, it couldn't have, especially the to the degree it has and and stuff. But yeah. Um, all right, so with uh, digging for news, which we kind of just went over random stuff, but um, the one follow-up, I, I think it was just a follow-up from our Twitter account, but um, a tech nerd guy I follow who's also a dad and um, sort of in the Apple world, but he co-authored a new book called The Visual Guide to M- Minecraft, and I think it's available through Peach Pit Press. Link will be in the show notes, but um, looks like an interesting little book if you're a parent or what otherwise someone who's just new to Minecraft um, and wants to get into uh, some learning about this and um, you can either buy a book like a paperback book for about 15 to 20 bucks or a bundle of with ebook for 22 bucks uh, or just ebook for 13 bucks so um, yeah it's uh, I I haven't read it myself yet the I respect him as a, a writer and author <laughs> just based on his blogging and stuff and other stuff he's been involved with but um it's uh, yeah, looks like a good start to getting yeah. a bunch of authors. Good. So yeah, something to try out or find it at your library when it eventually comes out if you're cheap like me sometimes. Which actually that reminds me, I have a there's a library book on hold Minecraft the the actual Mojang's published series. There's a new one on combat. I think it was that just came out. I think I mentioned that last episode, but anyway, oh, cool. it's coming out or it's available now. You know, bookstores and libraries and whatever and stuff. So. Yeah, those are the ones with the like very distinctive illustrations on the cover. Yeah, like they make like really, there's a whole series of them. Yeah, I think there's up to four or five. I think, um, uh, but yeah, they look like they're really visually nice. Like lots of right. full page screenshots and stuff. Right, they're and, striking. Yeah, um, definitely worth looking at and checking out at you know your bookstore or whatever. And, and uh, not that most kids will have a nice little library on the shelf, maybe, <laughs> but they, but they're they're actually nice little hardcover books that. Uh, I suspect would hold up to being played with most kids like probably like my son, even at seven looked at the book, the we've got them and he devours them in you know, in an, uh, one sitting and then doesn't really go back to it necessarily to remember how to do stuff. He probably just retains it better than I do. But, um, whereas yeah, a lot of kids will just go online for like how to do this or that, but it does kind of make a nice little way to like talk it through with your kids, figure out if you're a parent who doesn't understand Minecraft, read it right. with your kids and understand what's actually going on with the game and, <laughs> and things like that. Right. They're talking about withers and creepers and all that kind of stuff. So reading is good. <laughs> um, anything else for news that you had? Um, Notch has left the building. Oh. Yeah. I, I think it was, it was either the last week or the week before um, he sent out a tweet that was basically leaving the office for the last time, just like any other day. <laughs> so didn't make a big deal out of it, just kind of left the building. Um, and I, I happen to know that um, a bunch of Mojang staff members had some, are in Seattle. I think they might still be there. I think they've been there for like a week. And so they're just kind of obviously making plans. Right. Figuring out their next step, next phase. Yep. And I was watching a streamer the other day, and apparently I had just missed Notch, who had been making some comments to the streamer, uh, in his chat. Oh, nice. <laughs> and it, it wasn't a Minecraft chat. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. It's kind of like the uh, internet celebrity, eh? Of 
Oh, totally. Sort of popping in. And he's he's going to be famous for quite a long time because, I mean, he, he really was the, like, not just the face of Minecraft, but the guy who created Minecraft. And, and somehow everybody who plays Minecraft or a ton of people who play Minecraft strongly associate him with the game. You know, especially kids when, when you, I mean, maybe this is like the first time that like the creator of such a popular game has been, uh, that such a popular game has become uh, pop has become available during like the era of social media. Yeah. So kids, kids uh, were able to find out who created the game and actually like reach out to him um, and feel like he was an accessible person, you know? Yeah. And that's what I remember like growing up with like say Doom or, or Wolfenstein, mm-hmm. like John Carmack and, and the ID software folks was, it was kind of like that there's at least still a, degree or two removed where you would go to a website a blog or whatever that they had posted mm-hmm. on and refresh and see the post but it still right. didn't feel like the same but kind of people connection. right people had no representation like you might have a blog but that's not nearly as personal as yeah your, your twitter or your facebook account yeah exactly totally and so what was they they had like a dot plan thing or something where they'd post anyways that's more nerdy than Probably our audience is here. <laughs> Sam is getting frustrated that we're not talking about more Minecraft stuff. <laughs> so, it's all Minecraft stuff. Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anything else from the past from the past couple of weeks? I don't think so. I just okay. thought it was interesting that that clearly the company is moving on and mm-hmm. and just kind of just missing Notch on Twitch is like makes it clear that um, he's moving on as well. Yeah, you're you're one finger or footsteps away from fame. <laughs> well we want to thank uh campaign monitor for sponsoring this episode of never dig down and of course the good stuff podcasting network they've been with us from the beginning and uh you can visit campaignmonitor.com to get started sending beautiful easy newsletters today to your clients friends family whoever you might want to email but uh, more specifically a list of some sort that you want to uh send beautiful newsletters to you can use their uh canvas their template builder which you can check out at canvas.cm to build your template for your newsletter in 60 seconds or less i uh had a template or the newsletter for the good stuff network that i sent out i had done up a template for it a design and was kind of in a rush because i had to go get my kids or something and it was like the quickest version i'd done of the of a template because i changed them every time just to play around with canvas and they actually wanted to feature it in the campaign monitors gallery of you know amazing newsletters or whatever template designs that they have and and so if i can do that in as quick as i did you can probably do something even more amazing and better than than that i'm sure and so if you check out canvas.cm like i said or campaignmonitor.com you can see all the details of how to use their amazing newsletter service thanks to campaign monitor and for supporting good stuff and never dig down so our main topic today tim yes uh we are moving on toward the end game we're, we're not there yet but we're, <laughs> we're we're about to kind of take those steps that get us to the end game um the end game being finding the end um which means finding the end portal which means finding a stronghold um and finding a stronghold is not trivial um you need a lot of uh specific things to get to the stronghold um so the stronghold has the stronghold is is kind of like a dungeon. It's usually underground. If you get lucky, it might spawn as a very uh, small, you know, one room dungeon under the water. 
um, which happened to me recently. It was very surreal. I was looking for this giant stronghold, and it just happened to be this this one room just floating in the middle of the ocean, um, which uh, made life incredibly easy because it's not. It's sometimes it's a pain in the butt to to fight your way through a stronghold. Um, but to actually find a stronghold, um, a world will generate. I, I think there's a distance that a stronghold won't spawn within another distant within within uh, another stronghold. Um, so y- there could be multiple strongholds in a world. Um, but uh, there's a technique for finding strongholds, and that is to get an eye of ender and to throw it in the air. And that eye of ender will then float toward the nearest portal. Um, and so what you want to do is you need to get uh, a couple of eyes of ender because um, when you throw one of these eyes of enders and it points in the, you in the direction, there's a chance that it will break and you won't get it back. Um, so whenever you throw the eye of ender, watch the direction it goes, make a note of it, and then run and see if you can pick up the eye of ender again. Um, this is incredibly annoying if the eye of ender takes you over the ocean because then the eye of ender will be dropping into the water and you have to drop into the water to find your eye of ender all the time. Right. Well, that's what I was going to say is even going up over a hill or like will it – I've never played too much with the eye of ender pearls or whatever, but the, will it sort of stay X height above the ground no matter what's in front of it? Well, when you throw it, it goes up to a certain height and then kind of goes forward and then floats and then drops. Oh, okay. um, I haven't actually done it while like facing a hill, so I don't I don't actually know the, the answer to that question. If it'll go through the hill or if it'll like go up, up, up over the hill, hmm. um, that's actually a really good question. I might check that out, um, but uh, but it hasn't come up, so I'm I'm inclined to think that um, uh, that it's that maybe they programmed it so that won't that won't be an issue. Because you um, you would normally like find a sort of a big wide open space and then yeah like a desert or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And actually, like, I want to say like 75% of the time, um, the strongholds I find, they're not in the ocean, like this kind of micro stronghold I was talking about, but they're under the ocean. So I'll have to like grab a boat and I will have to be throwing ender, an uh, eyes of ender into the air as I'm sailing my boat. Um, but you, like I said, you want a few eyes of ender. Like I don't, I don't try without at least three because what I want to do is I want to throw an eye of ender note the direction and then run that direction for as far as I can, as far as I feel like, like maybe for a couple of minutes, um, and then throw it again. Uh, and if it goes in a different direction, actually I'm going to step back for a second. When you make that first throw, mark the direction, but then run 90 degrees from that direction for a little while and then throw it again and then mark that direction. What you can do then is you can triangulate and you can find the intersection of those two positions. Right. I think I follow what you said. I'm gonna have to do like a sketch. <laughs> yeah, but I, I know what you so mean. So, like, find your find a big field or something, or mm-hmm. find yourself like on a big empty desert or something, so it's easy to run. So, throw, note the direction it goes, and then run like 45 or 90 degree 90 degrees away from that. So, but like, turn left and then just run for a couple of minutes, and then throw the eye again and note the direction that that one goes. Where those two directions intersect is where the stronghold is going to be. Right. Nice. Uh, so then you can just run, 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 um, and then you'll have to keep throwing ender pearls uh, or eyes of ender uh, to make sure you're going the right direction. But also, when you get over the stronghold, the eye of ender will stop uh, flying forward a bit. It'll actually fly up and just hover there for a bit and then fall down. And that's when you know you're over the stronghold. And that's when you start digging down. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Angle. And like I said, most of the time it... Uh, for me, at least in my experience, uh, the strongholds have been under the, the ocean bed. 
So you, you like literally have to, um, what I do is I bring a whole ton of sand, um, and, uh, it's even more complicated than that because, uh, what I do is I was, I want to make a tunnel down to the bottom of the ocean so I don't have to swim down. Mm. So I need, I want to make a tube. And so I make a tube of four giant stacks of sand and then you fill up the middle of it and then you empty out the middle of it and there won't be any more water in it. Right. Just by digging down through it. Right. Which, but it's more complicated than that because you can't just place sand or anything on water. So you're going to need to make like a land bridge from the closest point of land. So grab a whole, like a couple stacks of dirt and then just start placing it and make it like a one by whatever path from the beach to where your stronghold is. And then you can use that land bridge to place your sand on. And then once you place the sand like on the side of the land bridge, the sand will fall down to the bottom. So you just keep placing sand, keep placing sand until it appears at the top of the ocean. And then you can make your little tube. Right. And then um, ideally what you do is you put ladders in the tube so you don't have to jump up and down all the time. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it, so it can go quite far down, I guess is what I'm saying. Like when you're dropping sand off the edge yeah, of the Yeah, it could be like dozens and dozens of blocks down. Yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah, so you want to get like multiple stacks of sand and just, to be, just to be safe. And the reason you use sand as opposed to anything else is? Well, you could use gravel, but I use sand or gravel because you can place sand or gravel on the side of your land bridge and it will then sink down to the bottom of the ocean. Right, because any other material will just... Which just stick to the side of the yeah. land, the land bridge. And you if make. you're right. swimming in the water in the ocean or whatever you want to call it, the you can't just throw sand out of right. off right. of you yourself. Right, you can't just place you can't just place a block in the water. Uh, any block needs something to grab onto, um, and water is not going to be it. Yeah. So I mean, theoretically, you could swim down to the bottom and just start placing blocks from the bottom up, uh, but that's dangerous because that's gonna it's gonna be difficult and it's gonna be hard and you could drown. Right, and that's uh, there's so those easier to just make a super long, you know, one block wide bridge from the closest beach you can find. Yeah, because there is the enchant or the what is it? The spell enchantment charm. What am I looking for? The <laughs> where you can breathe underwater for a little while, but that would be yeah. still not very efficient way of. Yeah, well, you'd need um, you'd need there's a, an enchantment for breathing underwater, and then there's also an enchantment for um, walking underwater. Um, there's a potion of water breathing that you can get to get the uh, water breathing buff, but then there's a depth strider enchantment that you would want to apply to some boots. Um, and that just sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, exactly. When there's sand aplenty in my Yeah. Oh, mind. there's also the respiration uh, enchantment. So you get a helmet with respiration and uh, boots with depth strider, and you can basically walk uh, and breathe underwater uh, like you can normally. But then also you would want to get a potion of night vision so you could actually see underwater. Right. And that just sounds like more work than just making a long, stupid land bridge. <laughs> exactly. I'm just saying if somebody wants to go the long way around, they can, they can do that yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're big into enchanting. Yeah, exactly. If they're picking up on the last episode or I think it was, yeah, it was last episode, right, that we talked. They just want to practice their enchantments, get, get good. Don't yeah. want to lose that muscle. Absolutely. So, <laughs> okay. Before I derailed us, where were we in actually getting to the stronghold? Right. So we're kind of working our way backwards. There's the Ender portal in the stronghold. And to find the stronghold, you need the Eye of Ender. But to get the Eyes of Ender, you actually need Ender Pearls. Um, uh, you need uh, the recipe for the Eye of Ender is one Blaze Powder and one Ender Pearl. And so Blaze Powder, obviously, you will have had to make a trip to the Nether to kill some Blazes. Um, but the Ender Pearls are quickly becoming my least favorite part of the game. 
Um, I'm not sure if they changed the behavior of the Endermen, but Endermen are the only way to um, go out and find Ender Pearls uh, in the world. Sometimes they show up randomly in chests and dungeons, but that's not going to happen often enough for you to be able to count on it. Um, <clears throat> and the Endermen, so you have to find, not only do you have to find Endermen, you have to kill Endermen and to get lucky enough that they're going to drop some Ender Pearls. And the best way to that I have found to find Endermen is to find a big open flat area, like either a plains or a desert or something, and build yourself a little hill in the middle of that, and then build yourself a little um, enclosure, like uh, build a build like a two by two wall, and give that two by two wall a little roof that sticks out one block, just so that you can fit yourself under it. Um, and there's no empty blocks above your head uh, because the Endermen are just over two blocks high. And because they're over two blocks high, they won't be able to fit under that ledge and they won't be able to get to you. Oh, the, trick, the trick to killing an Enderman is to get yourself a decent sword. Um, yeah, a diamond sword would be best, but an, an iron sword is fine because there's a trick to it. Um, everybody knows that when you stare at an Enderman, it starts making faces at you and it starts making a crazy noise and it, and it starts moving toward you. Um, but what you do is once you're under this ledge, when you're in little, your little enclosure, look at an Enderman. So it comes toward you and it's all aggro and then hit its feet. If you hit its feet, it won't transport away like they want to do. Um, so you can just sit there under the little ledge. It'll be trying to get to you, but because you're, um, because this roof is two blocks high, it won't be able to get to you, and you can just sit there whacking its feet. Nice. There's a few, um, I've seen a, a couple of people doing something similar to that with um, like zombies. You can do, you build like a zombie trap similar to that idea of, because mm -hmm. basically the, the attack, whatever vector or whatever for a zombie is obviously your upper body, mm -hmm. and so their feet can't, they don't kick, I guess, is they haven't figured out how to kick people. Uh, and so similarly, I guess, for Enderman, right? If, if I'm following your, yeah, your audio yeah, visual. Yeah, you can, you can um, like, the way to aggro an Enderman is to look at his, at his chest. Um, but if you, if you hit his chest, um, not only is he going to have the opportunity to hit you back, but if you hit his chest, he may transport away, you know, even behind you and then come and attack you from behind. But if you hit his feet, for whatever reason, they don't transport away. Hmm. Funny little Unfortunately, course. I have found that this worked better in Minecraft 1.6 than it does in 1.7 or 1.8. For whatever reason, the in, and in my experience, this may not be new behavior, but uh, in my experience, Endermen are um, spawning less frequently at night, and they're also less apt to come right up to you when you aggro them. Sometimes I have to go out and really and really fight them outside of my little enclosure. They used to just come right up to you, but they're less apt to do that any longer. And when oh, and sorry, and it goes without saying, once you, once you build this little enclosure, I guess it doesn't go without saying, because I didn't say it, <laughs> but I should say it. When you built your little enclosure in the middle of the desert or flat plains, um, the reason you're building a little hill is so you can get a little elevation so you can see the Enderman spawning and so you can look at them and bring them to you, hopefully. Um, but you obviously also need to do this at night. So you're also going to be battling other stuff, so you, like skeletons and zombies and spiders, um, all the other normal stuff that spawns at night. So make sure you're well protected in terms of um, maybe having multiple swords with you and making sure you've got really good armor on. And is this, would this be a case of having uh, the golem idea with you, doing something like that? Could be, but you or, don't want the golem to be attacking the um, yeah. the Enderman, right? Uh, yeah. Because if you attack the Enderman, or if they're attacking the Enderman, 
I don't know what the, if that changes the odds on the Endermans making um, the drops, dropping the Ender Pearls. Right. Because presumably when they whack an Enderman, it destroys it completely. <laughs> As opposed to... Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, but you just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And when you were earlier, you are saying, uh, just for people who maybe it's a it's a nerdism or whatever, but aggroing an Enderman, meaning what? What does that mean? Oh, getting them all aggressive and... and and if you once you aggro them, they'll they'll get angry at you and they'll come attack you. Right. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise they'll ignore you. Kind of like ticking them off, or uh, I'm trying yep. to think of what the Australian first Sam would be, but uh, making them mad. It's kind of like there's some kind of arrangement we've made with the Endermen. It's like we'll live in the same world. That's fine. Let's just leave each other alone. But if you look at us, we're really coming after you. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think we've talked about before. And anybody who's played Minecraft knows how freaky that just like. Because you don't even have to be doing it on purpose. You're just yeah. walking around and all of a sudden an Enderman pops up and you're like, you're looking at it and you're just like. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a really scary noise. <laughs> and it's it's a testament to the sound design and stuff of what I would assume it, when it was made anyways, is fairly amateur-ish. Like, not that they didn't know what they were doing, but fairly amateur designers. Like, yeah. You know, and stuff, had, I'm so. sure they had a low budget when they first came up with yeah. a lot of stuff. But the fact that they got it so right, or maybe yeah. it's the history of just having that you know, playing it at night or whatever, <laughs> yep. that sound, but either way, good job on that <laughs> yep. notch. So, um, the tricky thing is that like, it's not hard to find a couple of Endermen. Um, but the tricky thing is you might need, you might need a dozen or more Ender Pearls at the end of the day. Um, because you're going to need a couple of eyes of Ender to, to look for the stronghold. Unless you happen to get really lucky and stumble across it, which has never happened to me, um, because so you need a couple to you need a couple a couple eyes of Ender just to throw, but then you might need as many as twelve eyes of Ender to activate the end portal. Once you find the stronghold um, and then find the room with the end portal in it, um, the end portal is uh, it's a it's a four by four it's a four by four ring of uh, Ender pearls. Uh, set inside stones. Um, it's four by four, but the corners aren't filled in. So it's actually, there are only 12, uh, 12 eyes of Ender. But some of them might be filled in, but sometimes they're empty. And even if some of them are filled in, it's usually only one or two. So you usually need at least 10 to 12 uh, eyes of Ender to drop into the, into the end portal to activate it. And getting all those Ender Pearls is a pain in the butt. Right. And because is there any, like you've talked a bit about finding Endermen or or how to attack them and stuff, but is there any other tricks to like certain, they appear in better places? Making them spawn? No, like really the best strategy I've found, and and I've done some Googling on this, the best strategy I've found is you really just need to sit in an elevated portion of a wide flat area so that, um, because stuff's only going to spawn near you. are relatively near you, within a couple of chunks of you. Uh, and so you want a big flat area and even ideally make that area a desert surrounded by water because they're not going to spawn on water. Um, so you just need to sit there and wait and watch for them to spawn in and then aggro them as soon as you see them. Right, so they come after you, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and just FYI, arrows do no good because as soon as you an arrow is about to hit an Enderman, he will teleport away. Oh, they've got that. Yeah, so you you have to you have to fight them up close. You have to melee them. Yeah, and sword like a diamond sword or iron sword or whatever you 
the yeah, highest level sword. If you're under the ledge and you know they're not hitting you, you can kill an Enderman with really anything. You know, like even if you're doing you know one point of damage per hit, like hitting him with your fist, you can kill an Enderman with your fist if he's not hitting you back. Right. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. Stay at a safe distance and work yep. away forever. All right. Totally. Um, so I think that's really that's getting to the end game. That's the finding the stronghold uh, using the eyes of Ender by throwing them. Uh, once you're in the stronghold, which is basically a big dungeon, um, and there's often a big library with chandeliers, and there's usually plenty of zombie and skeleton spawners. Um, the the trick to finding the room with the end portal in it is to listen for the little. Um, the end portal room has a silver fish silverfish spawner in it. So listen for those little snick, 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 like little <laughs> noises that the silverfish make. And then <laughs> you can probably follow those noises to the room with the end portal in it. And that, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like for somebody who, if this is what you're going after, is there any way, like I'm just thinking of somebody who stumbles on on something like this or like, I mean, I guess unless you're often, like you said, it's often underwater. So it's not mm-hmm. like you'd just be walking, digging into right. a cavern and stumble upon it very lightly. Yeah. But how does it differentiate itself from a different kind of like dungeon-y space? That I think the the regular dungeon-y places are um, lined with cobblestone. So if you're mining and you're digging through stone and you see a whole bunch of cobblestone that you didn't place, that's probably a dungeon. And so there's probably some chests in there. There's probably some minecarts in there. And there's probably some monster spawners in there, some mob spawners. Um if you're digging along um, and you find what looks like stone bricks, like gray bricks, and sometimes they're cracked and sometimes they're kind of greenish mossy, those stone bricks are a hallmark of a stronghold. Gotcha. Yeah, because I can think of when I've played, like where you, you're kind of digging around and you stumble across something, you might not even recognize it as being something different than others. Like it looks different, but you might not really yeah. recognize why or what the level of importance, I guess, especially. Strongholds are awesome. They're kind of creepy. Um, but, and they're like, strongholds are like, um, a place where people used to live, but the monsters have taken over. Right. Okay. And the same, similar with the, um, ender, the portal, sorry, I was going to say ender pool, but, uh, the portal that you would, is it something where you would, you have to like, just like the nether portal, you have to actually physically sort of drop through. I'm looking at a little picture from the Wikipedia, but yeah. So the, so the, where, where the, the nether portal is vertical. The end portal is horizontal. And where the the nether portal will take a few moments to transport you through, the end portal does it immediately. Right. So there's no, like, oh, I don't want to do this. Like, <laughs> once you're committed, you're committed. Yeah, and I see what you mean, like, as far as where you have to drop the ender pearls, right, into just looking at the picture now. Yeah. Um, and that's what, I guess, what I was getting at with trying to figure out for folks why where they are is, like, where a traditional game you walk through and the music gets intense and you, you know, there's cutscenes to tell you that this is what's happening and you're about to do this and the end battle and all that kind of stuff in Minecraft. It's kind of, or maybe there's different music here, but you know, you, you stumble across stuff and it doesn't change the game at all. It just, yeah, it's just there. And even there, like, yeah, there are very few, you know, atmospheric indicators that you're where you want to be. Yeah. Like, cause this, you know, you could stumble you, in theory, I guess you could stumble across this and not really recognize that actually this is the way that I could finish the game or whatever you yep. would call it. But, yeah. um, 
and not really even recognize it and leave and <laughs> think, oh, there's, I can't, I'm walking around these little things. Nothing seems to be happening. Looks kind of yeah. I, I don't. I don't think there's a whole. I don't think there's a big chance of that with the stronghold because, um, like, you might stumble across a stronghold. I don't know how often that happens in the real world. You might stumble across one, but right. Um, I, it, I think you would recognize it as being something significant um, because it's got this gray brick that you've never seen before, and it has a and it and it's fa- they're fairly large, um, and there are doors and passageways and and multiple levels and you know, a big library with chandeliers and books and all kinds of monsters and cobwebs all over the place. And it just looks significant in a way that nothing else that you stumble across in the world does. Right. All right. So do you want to save the, what happens on the other side of the portal for next, next? Yeah, I, I will. I will say that once you're, once you've gone through the portal, there's no way back until you either die or kill the dragon. And is that, so that, does that actually end uh, so you kill the dragon, let's say. Obviously, mm-hmm. if you die, you go back to your wherever your last spawn point was. But if you're if you're playing survival, right? If you are not hardcore like you, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> but if you kill a dragon, I, no, you know what? We'll we'll save it till next time. We don't want to spoil it. Yeah. Uh, is there a like say I'm starting out from day one mm-hmm. to getting to the point where I'm about to drop through that end portal? Yeah. How like a normal person? How long do you think that would take to what we've described here in over nine episodes, give or take, in real world playtime? How do you think, like, is that, to me, that sounds like something that would take, say, a couple of days of, not eight hour days of playing, but like, uh, yeah. you know. No, I think, um, I think it could be done, you know, we, we could have done it over the course of the nine hours that we've been talking about it. Right. Okay. I think if, I think the speed runs, uh, the target for speed runs is under two hours. Right, and that's a very experienced folks you yeah. know, trying to do it know as quickly exactly as possible. What they're looking for. Yeah. Um, and that really depends on getting a good um, Spawn point world here. generation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think just bringing up the, the, the amount of time for folks who are thinking that I want to finish Minecraft or, or complete it or whatever to get the achievement and stuff like that, but recognizing that it's not a uh, the one sitting tip. Oh, some people could do it one sitting. <laughs> I wish I had those days again sometimes, but the <laughs> the the one sitting kind of of playtime or whatever, um, it's not entirely realistic. But um, but just to pace yourself, I guess, and and enjoy the journey to that point, and then yeah, yeah, work your way up to it. So cool. All right, Probably. well, something to look forward to for episode ten. It seems like a nice round number. We like as if we planned that uh, very <laughs> well to <laughs> take ten episodes to cover finishing take Minecraft us to the end. Yep. Um, we had, uh, some listener, a listener Q and a question from, uh, listener Nick, I said his last name ready, but, uh, <laughs> Nick, uh, who sent us an email last time and sent us another one this week, which is awesome. Thanks. You can email me, Chris at goodstuff.fm with, uh, any Minecraft related questions you might have. Um, so his question was, Hey, Chris and Tim, I have a question. <laughs> how do you, how do you find an underwater temple? And on a scale from one to 10, how hard is it to find one of these temples? I love you guys. Keep up the good work. Uh, smiley face three. No, what's that? I'm, I'm not up on my emoticons. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I can't see it. Okay. What's <laughs> um, so the underwater temples are actually, um, they're actually officially called ocean monuments and they're new in 1.8. Um, and the ocean monuments are, uh, the only place that you can find certain things like sponges and sea lanterns and a certain kind of a new kind of block called prismarine. Um, 
And finding an ocean monument is, I don't think that there actually is a strategy for finding the monuments. Um, I've only seen one once, and it just happened to be because I spawned on a beach where, from which I could see an ocean monument. Um, and when you, when you, uh, what you see when you see an ocean monument is really just kind of like an area of the ocean that looks a little bit brighter. Um, Yosha monuments spawn only in deep ocean because they're fairly big and they, they take up a lot of space. Um, so I think the only way to go looking for them is to, is to just grab a boat and just start sailing around and seeing if you can find one. Um, and obviously going to chunks that you haven't been to before so that they're loading up new. Um, I don't know if this is true or not, but somebody recently told me, um, and I've been meaning to, to science it, to figure it out, that if you spend less than three minutes in a chunk, you can leave that chunk, and after three minutes, the game will forget how it generated that chunk. Um, mm. Perhaps, perhaps uh, it's only partially right, and it doesn't, and it only forgets parts of what it generated, like specific features, like mobs or plants or something. But there's something about there's a three minute mark where the game commits a chunk to memory. Um, so I don't know if there's a strategy to sailing out through a bunch of chunks and then waiting some time and then sailing through those chunks again if there's a chance that something else, something will have spawned during that time. I don't think that's true, uh, but there's, I want to figure out um, what this three minute uh, buffer is. Hmm. Interesting. Because you yeah. think, yeah, like obviously if you put something down somehow, it has to then start remembering or saving that what's yeah. in that space. But yeah, especially yeah. the so, ocean is, yeah. Yeah, I've, so I've been, I, I need to figure out what that three-minute uh, buffer is all about. Right. Hmm. And so that's, that was a question, I guess, related to that sort of, and, and maybe you kind of answered it in there, but like with, with this being a new thing in 1.8, you said, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a previous saved game that you've started in, let's say it was 1.7 or whatever, Mm-hmm. Are these things going to get added just like maybe already where you've been and there might just all of a sudden be now an ocean monument? No, only in chunks that you haven't been to before. Right, okay. So new, st- new stuff, if you if you started a world in a previous version of Minecraft and open it up in a new version of Minecraft, I think there's sm- some small chance of a world getting corrupt, but uh, but definitely there's no chance of a new block spawning in a chunk that you've already loaded. Right, New animals can spawn around the world, right? But yeah, not but like, like a there's not going to be there's yeah. not going to be any of the new ores in any of the places that you've already been mining. Right, right. Interesting. Interesting how that works. Okay, so I hope that answers your question, uh, Nick. And like I said, well, just so you know, when oh. you do find an ocean monument, they are super brutal. Um, you want to, uh, just like before you go into the end, you want to make sure you're buffed up. You want to make sure you've got your armor. You want to make sure you've got a bunch of weapons. And because this thing is underwater, you really do want to go to that extra extra level. Um, go to the, Take that extra step of making sure that, you, that you've got depth strider on your boots and respiration on your helmet and night vision so that you can make sure to actually maneuver in a reasonable way. Because is it like, a, just looking at the picture online, but is it? it's not the case where you... Um, once you get into it, it's, there's no water inside of it or is it all still filled with water? Do you know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying and I don't actually know. I assume it, I assume it's actually full of air because otherwise you would drown if you went down without, without the respiration or the potion of water breathing. Um, but you really, you really want that stuff 
to even get down there because oh, gotcha, even yeah. before you get to the temple, stuff comes flying out and attacking you. Right, just to get inside. Oh, okay, yep. that makes sense. Just getting inside the temple is a big, uh, a big pain. Right. A big challenge. Yeah. And maybe like visually, it's hard to miss. Obviously, if you're down there that far, and you it would you know visually it would stick out as a thing that you'd want to go check out. Yeah, it's all lit up, and you'll see it for sure. Yeah. It's just finding it is the big deal. There's no, there aren't, not that I, I don't think there are any, there's no like Ender or Eye of Ender style location uh, mechanic for finding an ocean monument. Right. Okay. So yeah, hopefully that answers your question, Nick, and uh, feel free to send any follow-ups. We uh, love to answer listener Q&A or listener questions, I guess, and we'll provide the A. And uh, Chris at goodstuff.fm is where you can send that email. Um and our tweet us never dig down underscore fm is where you can find us and there goes the police car your find of the week was uh, is an oldie but a goodie uh this is one of the first things i remember stumbling across uh with minecraft when i saw it in sort of tech news and stuff um but uh yeah me too like i'd heard of minecraft but this um so this is uh, we'll put a link in the show notes obviously um but there's uh, an article in The Escapist from 2011 called Computer Built in Minecraft Has RAM Performs Division. And I was reading this article and seeing this video that really kind of woke me up to the capabilities of, of the mechanics uh, in Minecraft, the machines that you can build and the logic you can, you can build into them. It's really kind of amazing because a lot of it has no has nothing to do with the stated goals of the game, which is getting to the end and killing the dragon. But they're all about being creative and seeing what can be done if you introduce, you know, simple logic gates into Minecraft. What can we do? Well, this guy built a computer and it actually works and actually has memory and performs functions. And if you watch the video, it's uh, the video and other videos like it are actually kind of boring because it, it takes time. But the things, but your mind will still be a little bit blown because the, the things that all these like switch these, it's like visualizing the interior of a computer made out of like literal switches and gates. It's fascinating. Yeah, you do have to, your, um, what's the word, like nerd score needs to be a little bit higher to sort of actually figure out that this is amazing because at, at, at first yeah. glance, it's kind of just like, well, there's just well, blocks. Well, it's like. But- it's kind of like your nerd score needs to be high to fully appreciate how it's working, but you don't need any, you know, you don't, you need a high nerd score to understand that something really cool is happening. Like these, like they're obviously not physical gates and levers and blocks of stone and, and wires and connections and what have you. But the fact that you can see, you know, physical levers flipping in front of you and watch a reaction, you know, put a number in, get a number out. Yeah. That kind of blew my mind a little bit. Yeah, well, certain definitely way back when, like this was 2011, when yeah. this sort of came out, and well before the whole like YouTube Minecraft phenomenon mm-hmm. <laughs> hit in the big way. And um, and there's another one, Minecraft CPU performing division that'll throw yep. in there as well. He's got a yep. few that. Since then, somebody has built a dual core CPU. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's like printers and you know all. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's insane, obviously. But just going back to what where it kind of like started or whatever. Yeah, um, I don't know if you've ever read uh, the Diamond Age by Neil Stevenson. No, um, but the Diamond Age kind of follows the story of of a little girl who grew up in poverty, but was given this very special book, which was designed to teach um, to teach young girls how to become like 
not just empowered, but also kind of become so empowered that whoever reads this book could, could basically become intelligent and skilled enough to like rule the world. And like one of the quote unquote scenes in this book is the little girl has to, you know, is kind of taken imprisoned in a, in a castle, which is run by this Duke who turns out to be all mechanical. And throughout the castle, she finds all kinds of chains and she figures out that the chains are loops of logic and she can flip the chains so that they represent zero and one. And she can, and through that process, she learns how to kind of reprogram the Duke in his castle so that he's on her side. And that's kind of the level of, of mind blowing you can get to in this Minecraft thing where you can build these logic gates out of physical things and actually see these computer concepts right in front of you. And like building, building a Turing machine in Minecraft is obviously something that people have been trying to do for a while as well. Yeah. And it's, it's awesome. It's like, yeah, on a, on a nerd level, computer, computer level, and just, uh, the fun of, of, uh, being able to do this in, well, either your console or your computer yeah. or whatever. And, and yeah. building this kind of stuff is yeah. crazy. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think last time we said we were going to start getting into machines. Um, and we will, once we get through the end game and killing the dragon and whatnot, we'll definitely be moving on to machines. Yeah. I think we'll we'll explore the the future of how Never Dig Down goes, and we've sort of hinted at you know YouTube stuff, and maybe at some point it might have um, make sense to sort of abandon our audio format for a while and move to just a, a YouTube channel for a, little, a few scenes yeah, or, or episodes definitely. or whatever you want to call it, and um, or definitely um, use the audio podcast to get some experts in here and uh, yeah talk talk to them about mods and talk to them about machines and yeah just talk to them about what about everything that can be done in Minecraft. And there's actually, and there's sort of spinoffs too of uh, the whole parenting and kids and stuff. I saw a, a designer friend who, well, I don't know if he's a friend, he follows me, I follow him, but we're on Twitter, Cameron Mall, he tweeted about how a while ago they'd made the decision to actually ban Minecraft from their home uh, with their kids because they saw yeah, some I saw that. addiction issues they thought maybe or whatever. And so, you know, talking with about folks like that, I don't, there's, each family is different, obviously, so I'm not all about you know, what works for one doesn't necessarily work for the other, but still interesting discussions to have about, uh, about that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. if you are such a person who listens to this and, and you are at all interested in podcast discussions like that and want to appear on the show, I'd love to hear from you as well. Uh, again, Chris at goodstuff.fm and, uh, um, yeah, we'd love to have some, some folks on other folks on for sure. So, uh, Tim, where can folks, uh, tweet at you or follow you if they so desire? <laughs> I'm at Murtaugh on Twitter. That's M-U-R-T-A-U-G-H. Nice. And I'm iChris on Twitter. And uh, like we said, you can find Never Dig Down on Twitter at neverdigdown underscore FM. Uh, on the web, goodstuff.fm slash neverdigdown. And then if you put a slash nine, you'll find this episode. We have lots of other shows if you're interested in other tech and other sort of discussion podcasts, news, and uh being a grown-up and all sorts of <laughs> other topics that are discussed on the shows at uh, goodstuff.fm. And we would love it if you took a, the time to throw a quick rating or review in iTunes. If you use Apple's iTunes to find podcasts at all, going to the Never Dig Down page on iTunes and leaving a rating or review really helps us get the word out about the show. It sort of lets Apple know, hey, this show is interesting and other people should find out about it as well. So... That would be really appreciated, and uh, I think that's everything I have to say. So thanks for listening. Have a great day. Bye. See you next time.